We're going to start a brand new series that I think is going to go for four weeks, bring us up to Easter Sunday. Uh, and this series is called Moving Mountains. Moving Mountains. Have you heard the Bible or some preacher guy or in Christian circles that faith moves mountains? I read that doing my soap a few months ago, and I thought to myself, Mountains? Really? I mean, seriously, right? I mean, you read stuff in the Bible and you're like, okay, 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 and you move on with your life. And I read that and I thought, what if? What if the mountains did tremble before the people of God? What if we got to the bottom of this? I mean, I believe the Bible's true. Do you believe the Bible's true? So what happens when you read something in the Bible that's not necessarily already in here? Which one wins? If the Bible believes something, and I believe something different, but I believe the Bible, who needs to make the adjustment? Should I look for a different translation? Should I get, I heard there's an erase a Bible out there. I think it's just a joke, but it's written in pencil, so you can, (laughs) you can take out what you want. If the Bible says that mountains can be moved, let's look into this. Let's find out what the deal is, because I'm telling you, I got some mountains. You know what I mean? I got, I got personal mountains. I got family mountains. I got church mountains. There's mountains. I'm like in the middle of a mountain range thinking you guys need to go. Amen. Amen, you should have seen how scared you guys were looking when I was talking about the finances for the addition. There's a mountain right there, you know? And I tell you, that's a scary thing for me. I am I grew up in North Dakota. And there's the primary thing you learn growing up in North Dakota is you take care of yourself and you don't need help from anybody. That's what you learn. And you get pretty good at And that's okay, right? I mean, in moderation. A, a sense of... Uh, taking care of your own needs and not needing help from others. You know, the, uh, the, I, even in the, the political realm in North Dakota, this was very clear. You know what the, uh, when I was a kid, what the, the social welfare system was in North Dakota? Cross the Red River and go to Minnesota if you want some help. That was it. We'll see ya. <laughs> You're not gonna work. You don't need to live here. You know, that was the, that was the mentality. I imagine it's still the same. Uh, but who needs to change? If I read something in the Bible and it makes me kind of go, ooh, who needs to change? I'm not going to create some goofy theology. I'm just going to look at the Scripture and go, it says mountains move. So let's look into this with some expectation and find out what the deal is. Because if we can get to the bottom of this, aren't we in a good spot? So, I believe the Bible's true, but I need to know what it actually says. Right? You need to find out what it actually says. So we are going to do some research and we are going to find out what is going on with this mountain-moving stuff? And I've 
I'm going to bring up five different scriptures, <clears throat> five situations where either we're talking about moving mountains or we're talking about all things are possible or these, these sorts of things. And so we're going to look at these five and we're going to try to get a sense of what is the biblical principle behind these multiple scriptures. So let's start on Matthew 17, verse 20. We're just going to read little snippets. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I believe the Bible's true. If, if I read something in the Bible that differs from what's in here, what's in my heart, who needs to change? Isn't that an amazing statement? I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, I tell you the truth. I hadn't noticed that before. He's, he's telling the truth. He's making sure, hey, this is true. I'm not just talking here. Look at that. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Just reading that makes me nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is pretty straightforward. This is, this is really, really straightforward. Let's keep going. Luke 17.6 He replied, this is Jesus again. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Jesus is saying, if you've got a little bit of faith, you can say to a tree, Fly off into the ocean and it will listen to you and do it. A mulberry tree specifically. I don't know what the significance of that is. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Mark chapter 10. Verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible. Have you heard that before? There's a song going on, all, all things are possible. It's, it's in the lyrics. All things are possible with God. Are there things that are impossible with God? All things are possible. Last one. Philippians 
I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Some of the translations, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How many things? I can do a few things and the other things I'll just say, well, the Lord's will be done. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you be willing to say that we have a biblical theme here? That we have something that is not just one Scripture taken out of context, but that is a consistent theme that there is power in the name of Jesus. And that a mountain is not enough to overthrow the name of Jesus. That a mulberry tree is not enough to overthrow the name of Jesus. That there is nothing that is impossible with God. God is stronger than everything. And we somehow get to tap into that. That's the biblical principle. So let's look at two different ways to take this. You know, because we, we've got this principle. Which way we go from here is very important. Because I think it can be taken wrong and we want to get, we want to get to truth. I like truth myself. I'm not all that concerned what it actually is. Let's just find out what it is and align ourselves with it. Amen? If you need the truth to be a particular thing, then you're going to try to bend it. And you're not going to actually find out very effectively what the truth is. So let's just find out what it is. Seek it out. Not have a horse in the race, as they say. And see what's going on. I think this is the wrong way to take it. I can do anything I want to if I just believe enough. I think that's the wrong way to take it. I can do anything I want to if I just have enough faith. If I just believe enough. I can do whatever I want if I just have enough faith. I think that's the wrong way to take it. Um, have you seen Bruce Almighty? How many people have seen Bruce Almighty? Give me a hand raise and see how. All right, all right, most. All right, so this is a Jim Carrey movie that I was quite concerned would be uh, significantly blasphemous and quite a problem for Christians um, because it's this guy named Bruce who all of a sudden gets the powers of God. He becomes Bruce Almighty, just some normal guy. And uh, he is having this experience with God where God gives him God's powers. And he gets email prayers, you know, and it's a, it's a movie. And so he, he gets so many prayers, he's just inundated, and uh, he doesn't know what to do, so he just answers yes to all the prayers. Just a blanket yes. All of them yes, I'm done. What was the result of the yes to all the prayers? Do you remember in the movie? <laughs> it was chaos. There were, you know, like... Thousands of people won the lottery. And I mean, it was, oh, it was just, it was mayhem. 
It was a disaster. So, here's the deal. If what you want is not right, this isn't going to work. If, if everybody could just get what they want, they're going to want things that are inconsistent with each other. Like, who's going to win the basketball game if every prayer is yes? Who's going to win? Because both sides are praying to win. How is this going to work? It's going to become chaos. It's not going to work right if we just can get what we want if we have enough faith. That can't be it because that's inconsistent. It can't work that way. That's the great lesson of Bruce Almighty. That yes to the prayers of people is not going to work because people want the wrong things. Their wanter is broken. If the wanter is broken, then what you're putting your faith on is something that's not going to work right. And so you put your faith on it, but it can't happen like that because you've got a naive understanding of how things work. And so you're, you're going to have it not pan out the right ways. In uh, church guy training things that I go to, they talk about felt needs in your community. How you're supposed to try to meet felt needs. Like the community feels like it needs this particular thing. And so an example might be a food shelf. You know, like we need a food shelf. And we need a, a parenting classes for single moms. Or, you know, we have these felt needs for our community. We need, uh, you know, gas vouchers and, and these sorts of things. So there's the felt needs. But then there's the real needs. There are people who have felt needs, but there's the real need that people have. For example, in a marriage relationship, the husband might say, she needs to respect me. His felt need is to be respected, but the real need is for him to grow up. I just meant for that to be a plain statement of fact. I didn't, I'm sorry. I guess that was a zinger. I used to teach ethics class in, in community college and they, they filled out the thing. They said, we like him. He's funny. I said, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to teach you ethics. What's, why are they laughing? Um, felt need. I need to win the lottery. Real need, I need to submit my finances to God. I need to learn how to tithe and give offerings and not covet. It's the real need. The felt need can be very different from the real need. So, rather than saying, let's put our faith on our felt needs, I need to win the lottery. She needs to do exactly what I want her to do. Instead of putting our faith on these felt needs, we need to have a more mature perspective and try to come into the real needs. So, let's do that um, by doing a little bit of a thought experiment. So,
It's not, this idea of moving mountains is not, I can do anything I want to if I just believe enough. That's not it. What is it? Let's, let's try to get there in understanding what it is by answering this question. What does God want for you? What does God want for you? Not what do you want for you. What does God want for you? I've got some generics here. God wants you to be a new creation, free from every chain, full of peace, joy, and love. God wants you to answer the call and storm the gates of hell. God wants you to have life to the fullest. What does God want for you, though for each individual is different? It's different for you, it's different for me. What does that mean to be free from every chain? What does it mean to be full of peace, joy, and love? What does it mean to answer the call? Those are different things for each one of us. What is it for you? So ask this question to yourself. What does God want from me? What does God want me to be on the outside? And who does God want me to be on the inside. Now, I would love it if you would write this down. <laughs> because over the next uh, month, as we go through this process, this will come in very, very handy. Because we are getting closer to our mountains. And when we can find out what those are, and we can have a mature understanding of where to put our faith, we can start to see some things move and it can make a difference. Who does God want me to be on the outside as far as like my effect on other people, how I am at work, with my family, how I am at school, uh, outward behaviors? Who does God want me to be on the outside? Write that down. And then who does God want me to be on the inside? Does He want you free from that anxiety? Does He want you free from that pride? Does He want you free from these different things? Does He want your mind renewed so you can understand areas that right now you're oblivious to? Who does God want you to be on the inside? Who does God want me to be? To get from where you are right now to the place God wants you to be on the inside and on the outside is going to require some mountains to move. So this is how we find our mountains. The key, of course, in this whole thing is knowing what mountains need moving. What is the real need, not the felt need. So it's, here's the way to look at it. I can do anything God wants me to. I can do anything God wants me to. Because He will help me. And He is able 
to bring me through. So I don't get to pick the mountains, do I? He picks the mountains. I stand in faith, knowing that if He wants this mountain to move, He wants my life to change, He wants me to get from where I am to who He created me to be, that mountain's got to move so I can believe that that mountain will go. What are some biblical examples of mountains? Because this is figurative. You know, let's not go to Spirit Mountain and like, well, let's see how good I'm doing. You know, I, I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to tell Spirit Mountain to go fly into Lake Superior. You know, uh, I, I'm firmly convinced that's not what this is talking about. Firmly convinced. Don't try to buy a mulberry tree, you know, and be a, Flinging that thing. What are these mountains? Let's look at the five different scriptures again, and I will tell you the context. Because the context is very, very important. When Jesus says to somebody, hey, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, that mountain's got to go. What is the situation? What are they talking about? That's very important for us to know. And we've got five different statements. We've got five different situations, five different contexts. Let's look and see what they are. So let's go back. Read, we're just going to read right through them and I'll explain what the context is. And, and uh, if you want the Scriptures, they're on the small group notes out in the booth over there. We, get, we put small group notes out based on the sermons and uh, so you can um, pick them up over there if you want to get a listing of all the things that I've talked about so you can read the whole thing yourself. Matthew 17, 20, which again says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The context for that one is driving out a stubborn demon. There was a boy who had a demon that was trying to kill him, And the disciples were trying to get the demon out and they failed. And then Jesus shows up and he notices that, you know, the ministry team is in a bit of uh, trouble. And so he asks what the situation is and they, they tell him. And then so Jesus casts out the demon and then the boy is fine. And they say, what, what, what happened? Why couldn't we cast him out? And this is the response Jesus gives. So the mountain, in this particular case, is a stubborn demon. It would be, if we were to generalize that, it would be the mountain is getting to the place in ministry where you can break the devil's chains. Thinking, could God use me to break a chain? If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, you get out of here. Can you break a chain? Mark 11, 23 and 24. Let's read that one real quick. 
I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. This he says, after he curses the fig tree that bore no fruit because it wasn't fig season. And it withered up. And the disciples look at the fig tree and they're like, wow, the fig tree's dead. And he tells them this. The fig tree one for me is the most difficult to understand. My, so I have a leaning, but I don't have a, like, here is the word of the Lord about the interpretation of the fig tree. But I have a leaning. Because uh, Jesus says, hey, you can, do, you can do what I did to the fig tree. And they're like, really? He tells them this stuff. I think what Jesus was saying is that the kingdom will be taken from people who will not bear its fruit and given to people who will bear the fruit of the kingdom. It was a prophetic word picture in the form of a dead fig tree. So what I believe Jesus is saying to the disciples is you can have a powerful prophetic voice. You can speak from God to people. That's my leaning on that one. You can work that out yourselves and 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 figure it out. So we've got two, boy, those are two pretty tricky ones, huh? Driving out a stubborn demon, withering a fig tree. Let's go to Luke 16, I'm sorry, Luke 17:6. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. The situation here, Jesus said, if somebody sins against you and asks you to forgive them, and he does that seven times in the same day, forgive them seven times. And they said, what? You're going to have to increase our faith. And he says, if you just had a little bit of faith, you can throw a mulberry tree into the sea. You can forgive seven times that day. If you have a little bit of faith, you can forgive. This mountain is not an outside mountain, like driving out that demon over there, or having this wonderful impact for God by killing trees. It's an inside mountain of unforgiveness. I've never had to forgive somebody seven times in the same day for the same thing. And I've had trouble forgiving people. Seven times for the same thing in the same day. And he says, no, that's a mountain you can cast. Or that's a, a mulberry tree you can cast into the sea. Mark 10, 27. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. This was the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to be saved? And he said, do this, that, and the other thing. And the guy said, I've been doing that since I was a kid. And Jesus says, awesome. I'm inviting you into my inner circle. 
Sell your stuff, give to the poor, and be one of my disciples. And he says no. And so he says, it's tough for people who have something to give up, to give that up to follow me. He says, it's hard for the rich to be saved. This guy, the rich young ruler, he understood that he needed to do the right thing. He seemed to have everything together. He had the right answers. He was being a good person. He wanted salvation, but he was unwilling to live the life of having salvation. He wouldn't live the saved life. He just wanted to know about it, want it, and be good. He didn't want to give up his life and live the saved life. Live the new life, the born-again life. So he wasn't, he, he gave up that. Jesus said it's hard for the rich to be saved. And he said it's impossible, except with God, all things are possible. You can give up your life and follow God because of the power of God moving in you. And the last one, the Philippians one, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is Paul standing through long periods of profound lack. Not having the resources that he needs, but standing through those long periods of profound lack with contentment in his heart. Being content while standing in faith through long periods of lack is this one. That's another internal mountain. How many people feel like you don't have everything that you need? And so you are discontent. The mountain could be being at a place of peace and faith and contentment in all circumstances. And that's the mountain that needs to move. So three of these mountains are in the heart. A willingness to live the saved life. That's an internal issue. Forgiveness is an internal issue. Standing in faith through difficulty and lack, that's an internal issue. The other two are external. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. We're going to pray. But if you're writing stuff down, I want you to keep your pen. So if you've written down who God wants you to be on the inside, on the outside, what mountains need to move for you to get there? What needs to change on the inside? What needs to change on the outside for you to get to the place of being who God called you to be? Those are your mountains. Those are the things that need to be different. Those are the things. Why did Jesus use a mountain? Because it seems completely impossible. But with God, it's possible. Can that broken heart be mended? It looks like a mountain. 
completely impossible. It can be. Can that pride be taken away? It can be. Go ahead, Mike, whenever you're ready. We're going to pray. I want you to write down the mountains that you have specifically for you. And of course, we've got the prayer team here. If you need some help uh, working through this with them, awesome. But let's, let's see what the Lord has for us when we believe what His Word has to say. So, as we pray, um, you can be writing down the, the mountains in your life. Um, I'll dismiss people. Uh, those who desire prayer, come forward for prayer. Whatever your need may be, come on down for prayer. We see mighty things happen when God's people pray. And then if you don't come down for prayer, head on out and say hi to somebody. Encourage them in the Lord. Uh, greet somebody you don't know. So let's pray and close. Father, we just honor You. We give You praise. I thank You, Lord, that You are a God that moves mountains. And Lord, help us to see not our felt mountains, but the real mountains in our life. Not the things that distract us, but the things that really make a difference. Because Lord, we know Your hand is strong. And those mountains are no match for You. If You want us to be a particular person and that mountain is in the way, that mountain doesn't stand a chance against You. So, help us to have faith. Help us to trust in You so that we can see those mountains move. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on down for prayer. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Say hi to somebody. Encourage them in the Lord.